Rest eternal, grant unto them, O Lord, and let light perpetual shine upon them. The righteous shall be had in everlasting remembrance. He will not be afraid of any evil tidings. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. At the eleventh hour of the eleventh day of the eleventh month. This is the description of the moment the armistice began that would lead to the end of World War I. Armistice Day would be initially celebrated a year later in 1919 at Buckingham Palace. King George V would keep the first observance of Armistice Day on the grounds of Buckingham Palace to remember those who gave their lives in the line of duty during the Great War. The Remembrance Day that we observe today is a child of Armistice Day. During the Second World War, many countries changed the name of the holiday to Remembrance Day. Countries all across the Commonwealth chose Remembrance Day. The United States of America chose Veterans Day. Those who gave their lives in any of the armed forces of all the wars are remembered on Remembrance Day. And that Remembrance Day is marked by the displaying and wearing of red poppies. Winston Churchill, the distinguished Prime Minister of the United Kingdom, through the dark and the bright days of World War II, said of Remembrance Day, it is impossible not to mourn all the lives lost or the bereft generations who knew all too well the hateful vices of war and the ache of loss. It's difficult to imagine the sense of relief and joy that the first day of armistice brought to Britain. This brings us to mark Remembrance Day with this solemn mass on a Sunday closest to November 11th. It is the war dead whom we remember. Those who have given their lives in defending their homeland when under attack and standing up for principles on which their countries were founded. Remembrance Day is placed in the same chronological location as our church's major feast of All Saints Day and its subsequent day of remembering the remainder of all the faithful departed on All Souls Day. Is the placement of Remembrance Day on the heels of the days when we remember and give thanks for the lives of all the faithful departed part of God's providence? I like to think so. We are in a spiritual mode, a kind of recollection attitude, having celebrated all our glorious saints on November 1st, the remainder of all the faithful departed on November 2nd. We are now called by God's voice to focus still solemnly on the faithful departed having made the supreme sacrifice. The remembrance part 
of Remembrance Day is at the heart of not only our work for today, but one could say even at the heart of our spiritual lives as Christians. Remember that. Remembrance Day. Remembering our men and women of all the armed forces is a good practice for all Christian communities. They ought to be honored, as they will be. That work would not be accomplished without the memory. What I call true remembrance is deeper than a few nerve cells triggering and firing so a name from the recesses of the brain finds its way to the service where the name can be recalled. It's more than that. Remembrance in our Christian spiritual lives as individuals and as a Christian community is crucial and an essential matter. The church knows this. We know this and we live this as worshipers utilizing the set modes of access to the Holy Scriptures and its doctrines brought to us by our Book of Common Prayer. One of the predominant aspects of our use of common prayer is indeed remembering. The words and images from the Bible are presented and represented to us when we worship. And it is those teachings, those images, those stories that form us in holiness and righteousness. Our worship forces us to use our memories. It's true for the Christian. It's true for the Christian community. Here's one example from the common prayer tradition of the necessary recollection of the story of freedom leading to salvation. Common prayer. When we read morning and evening prayer each day for a month, we will have read through all 150 psalms, month by month. As we read through the entire Psalter, we find that every so often in the course of the month, the story of the escape from Egypt by the Israelites is repeated. Freedom from slavery and bondage, new life for the Hebrew people, a story that needs telling and it needs retelling. What has God done for the nation of Israel from the beginning needs to be repeated. Why? Lest the people forget. Bring the story of what God has done to the forefront of the mind because it will refresh and inform the soul. The use of memory, remembrance, is essential in the growth and the development of the Christian. The late Dr. Robert Krauss, a priest, philosopher, theologian, and teacher in the Anglican Church of Canada, describes how the teaching authority of both the Roman Catholic Church and the Anglican Church necessarily depends on Christian memory. In his paper titled, The Form of Sound Words, Dr. Krauss writes in an address at the 450th anniversary of the Book of Common Prayer, in no other church in Christendom does the liturgy play so crucial a role 
in the Roman Church, according to Cardinal Ratzinger, who does become Pope Benedict XVI, says this, true sense of teaching and authority of the Pope consists in his being the advocate of the Christian memory. The Pope does not impose from without, rather he elucidates the Christian memory and defends it. Anglicans recognize no papal magisterium. For us, it is the tradition of common prayer which elucidates and defends and deepens our memory of the Word of God. So we keep this Remembrance Day year after year. It's more than just an exercise of the mind. It is the recollection that enhances, informs, and enlightens the spiritual life by bringing us closer to the Word of God. Our memories are needed, and our memories need it. We remember those gone before us, and particularly this day, we remember the faithful gone before us because in times of war, they offered themselves completely. They made the supreme sacrifice because they were called to serve causes greater than themselves, like the defense of a homeland against a warring enemy, upholding just and right principles of how man ought to treat his fellow man, putting the welfare of a people before oneself. All these causes for which brave men and women died. It is for that that they ought to be remembered and honored, not only because we uphold their virtues to be emulated, but also because when they are remembered, Christians have their souls prepared and informed so that they too can be where the stories need no retelling because they will be where there is everlasting remembrance with the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. Amen.